0: Coming up on The Pulse Podcast. You know, again, you can have your belief system, right? It's mm-hmm. just, you have your belief system, but then what do you do with all of these other pieces of research and information that come right. through that that deeply, deeply challenge that that belief system? Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I can understand, you know, the the general human psychological um, uh, incentive to not want to disrupt your belief system too right. much. But when we're talking about a subject that is, is groundbreaking, I mean, it, it changes... What it means to be human it changes what what it our relationship in the universe and the galaxy is it changes potentially who we may be engaging with or interacting with the nature of our reality like so many questions are challenged by the ufo phenomenon and what it has shown that it's like i mean this could potentially be be groundbreakingly good for humanity it could be groundbreakingly bad but the chances of that are so small when you look at the total picture yeah Welcome to this week's episode. Um, This week we're going to talk about the subject of UFOs and try and explore some of the differing ways in which people are exploring the subject and how to potentially make sense of this subject a little bit more effectively. Like where can we see where our biases or limitations might be coming in as we're exploring this subject? What is already known? What is already out there that we have a much greater understanding on than is in the public consciousness, right? So how can we look at that data and bring that into the fold? This, of course, is also going to lead us into the subject of consciousness and human potential. So strap in, this one's going to be a good one. At the end of the day, you wrote you wrote a piece. Um, I think it was what? Did we publish it this week or last week?
1: Um, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, a Wr- yeah. Of- wrote a piece about, uh, about the state of ufology and where we're at right. today and where most people are at. With regards to UFOs and extraterrestrials
0: yeah, and I think that 's an important discussion, not just because the extraterrestrial discussion is getting larger, but because this the, the pattern of what has happened with a story that hey you 're not allowed to talk about this, yeah, you know yeah. being ridiculed for talking about this and then and then now it 's talked about openly, yeah. and this it resembles so many other topics where You know, we've seen over the years, we would talk about something say in 2012, 2013, Mm -hmm. and then by 2017, and we get ridiculed for it, and then by 2017, it's now open conversation. And so this pattern is happening. And and Mm -hmm. what I think we're going to talk about today that is really important is what this pattern produces is that when something becomes more mainstream, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of surface level analyzation of the topic that it is done to sort of like ch- ch- uh, like cheaply offer some sort of insight or critique about yeah, it without yeah. actually doing any sort of deeper research that honestly yeah. has been around for decades right, prior. Yeah, yeah. And that's happening right now with the UFO discussion. Yeah. So
1: and, and like before it wasn't on everybody's radar. Now it's like on everybody's radar. And it's kind of with like other topics with separation of beliefs and what these things are. We see it in the UFO field. Um, yeah. And it's getting wild out there when you say ufo
0: sudden. field I, I picture this like massive field with all these ufos parks <laughs> and parked and it's just like ah, oh, that's the field of ufo um but yeah no so so i think it's important to go through this because i think a lot of people are offering very surface level analyses of what's going on now mm. that this subject is more popular right. um but there's actually mm. a ton it's like that, that, that saying, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Like, mm-hmm. there's a ton of research that has been done that doesn't get platformed. That no. doesn't, it isn't super the, popular. Yeah.
1: In the mainstream, it's, it's, it's a certain narrative. And, yeah. like, a lot of information and research from the past is being completely ignored. And we're not getting, like, a holistic picture of the yeah. phenomenon from the mainstream and governments and stuff like that. There's a lot being left out. and Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. So um, I
0: think th- I think this will be important. So why don't why don't we start with like you you sort of laid out a bit of a thesis around you know some of the ways in which people are looking at this.
1: Yeah, this there's subject. four main categories right now, um, I believe, um, of like where people are at with regards to UFOs. Um, mm-hmm. um, the first category I laid out was kind of the deep divers, the longtime UFO researchers who have been into this topic for like myself, fifteen plus years, um, and. Just have gone through a variety of research um, in the field um, and just kind of have a holistic view of the phenomenon from all perspectives. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's the first category. The second one are the newcomers because this topic has gone mainstream in the last few years, you know, official government disclosure and whatnot and official releases and, you know, coverage on mainstream media. There's There's this big group of newcomers who didn't know anything about the subject, weren't even interested in it, Mm -hmm. but they rely on mainstream media and they they have no qualms questioning it. Yeah. And that's where they get all their information. They're all of a sudden seeing all this credible UFO stuff in the New York Times, the Washington Post and stuff. So now all of a sudden they're interested in the topic and they're hooked. Um, on these sources what uh, official sources government sources mainstream media sources as their source of information these people are are not really aware of everything all the research yeah. a holistic view so that's and how those sources that they're into have been deceptive for for years decades. prior yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's we'll get to that when we discuss yeah. that group in depth um, category three is kind of like the agenda people mm. um, meaning there's they think the phenomenon is real but they think it's kind of um, deception, government deception. There's this Project Bluebeam holographic, or they might think they're um, government-made craft flying around. So right. we'll get into that and talk. Like it's basically all deception. So there's no, there's no ETs. It's just for the most part, yeah, no yeah, ETs. Just, just a false distraction flag. to get people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Towards marching closer towards a new world order, and all these categories overlap in a bit. Yeah, and by the way, but um, and the fourth one is kind of the religious people not mm-hmm. nothing wrong with being religious and this and there's subcategories within this but I find a lot of people in this category believe the phenomenon is Demonic or either angelic mostly demonic mm-hmm. kind of stuff mm-hmm. Um, so so they're kind of
0: seeing it as like paranormal or supernatural,
1: but it's they're not they're bad entities. Yes, right? bad um, malevolent um deception kind of stuff right and so yeah, those are the four categories mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. like I wrote an article about this and kind of went a little deeper into each category and that's kind of what I think we should do today. Right. Um, So, yeah.
0: So I, and I think what's interesting about this is like going back to just the process of like, so we're trying, we're we're having this like mainstream discussion about a topic and we can post an article and, uh, you know, and, and, and see whether it's telegram comments, whether it's Facebook comments, whether it's sometimes on YouTube, you see all of these, these different, like um, what we'll call is just like a, Sort of quick spews of someone's belief system about it mm-hmm. but and i think this is why this this conversation is is good and this again goes into so many other conversations is the responses are are often just but my belief system says this therefore i'm not even really listening to what you're saying i'm not even yeah. really listening to the evidence i'm just exactly. my belief system says this and that doesn't yeah. matter and and what i think is interesting about this because the, the deep divers I think are are the ones that are more willing to look at at the whole picture is- yeah they
1: have a view of deep divers number one they have a view of the newcomers the agenda people and the religious view whereas i find the people in the other categories don't kind of have a holistic view like the deep right. divers yeah. maybe i'm wrong but um yeah but there are some there are some like religious people who are aware of what i'm aware of too mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they just have their beliefs and like you said um belief systems when you come across evidence that contradicts what you believe it's tough and in our field I think we've done a good job of kind of having an open mind and
0: right uh, so so here's a question if if you're a deep diver like what what would you say is like the best evidence that this is not just let's say demonic or This is not just you know some government conspiracy or cover up
1: the the main thing I go to is deep divers are aware of that this phenomenon has been documented for thousands of years like when the printing press, press came out, there are multiple examples. There's an example for German from Germany in Nuremberg in like the 1500s, and um, there's example through artwork through like the 10th century all the way up to t- today of UFOs. And then, you know, when we started documenting things in the 40s, 50s, there's radar tracking data. There's it's a th- the phenomenon is extremely old and it's documented thousands of years ago, mm-hmm. right? So that's it's. It's real in that sense, unless there was some sort of deception. Project Bluebeam 2,000 years ago, Mm -hmm. or governments were manufacturing UFOs 2,000 years ago. And um, so that's one. And just not even that, the stories in, in the printing press, the literature. There are so many examples from antiquity. So that's the main thing that where I think... The government deception part like there could be government deception there could be government crafts but the phenomenon is older than government right like right. so it's, it's it's older
0: than than government that's capable of exact reverse engineering exactly right.
1: so it's quite ancient yeah. so so that's the main thing and yeah so, so that's that's that
0: would, that would be your one main thing
1: to say that all of these crafts can't just be like, uh, ma- manipulation or deception so that right that kind of that would be my point against i would like to see what the kind of agenda people who think it's project bluebeam this and that or human craft and this all deception i'd like to think what what would they say to that fact
0: well i think they'd probably say something to the effect of well you know paintings of 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 a craft or reports of a craft could have been misinterpreted we don't have any you know camera evidence we don't have any that's what they they would probably
1: say then i would say like there's so many cases of Mm -hmm. paintings and in the printing press and reports and witness testimonies like it's there's just too many
0: yeah i think it leads back to you know it's, it's sort of like this question of moving from you know this is the reason or this is the Truth or to this is a potential truth meaning like yeah, potentially people misinterpreted what they saw in the sky But potentially they interpreted what they saw in this guy and and you you don't really know, right? So you have to look you have to keep collecting factors. You have to keep looking more deeply.
1: Yeah, exactly and um, For the newcomers, for example um, So we've got a lot of mainstream disclosure like a popular names Lua Elizondo former pentagon official christopher mellon former assistant defense secretary these guys have been at the forefront in getting the government to release information, and the U.S. government has released videos of UFOs. They've released files. They've not governments around the world, and um, we're getting a very sanitized version, as I've said many times in my mm-hmm. articles, of right, the sanitar- uh, <laughs> same thing. Three letter <laughs> agencies <laughs> of, of the UFO phenomenon. Where we're getting okay, these videos. We're being told in the mainstream we don't know what these objects are. Right. Right and And uh, where uh, bills are passed right have recently been passed to allow military whistleblowers to come forward. But there's been so many military whistleblowers of yeah, all ranks yeah. in the past two decades that have told incredible stories. These people are being ignored. This is never presented on mainstream media and and the basically we're we're being told that they don't know what these objects are, which mm-hmm. which contradicts. So on that note
0: and this is this is a, a a bit more of like a nuanced piece but on that note of like you know there's been whistleblowers there's been people that have been coming out for a long time I think back to let's just say the disclosure project 1999 yeah, yeah. Stephen Greer Another, another phenomenon that I see in this space. So, for those not familiar with with Greer's disclosure project in in, uh, in ninety nine, he brought together like tons of military, ex military scientists,
1: whatever. Like, and regardless of what people think about what exactly. Greer is, these people and these highly they told their stories, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. and Verified. you could
0: you could say that that was a, I mean. We're talking tons of government employees. We're talking tons of military employees. With verified backgrounds. That was a disclosure to some extent. Now, what you just brought up about Greer is, and I'm curious where you might put this in your categories, but what I see happening a lot Mm -hmm. is people will say, well, Greer is, is uh, you know, a bad guy or he worked with government, so you mm-hmm. can't trust him or he talks about consciousness, so you're not allowed to trust him. Yeah. Therefore, they ignore everything that that disclosure project really... Yeah. So there's an assassination of the messenger, which then avoids all exactly. of the message. Yeah. Where would you put that type of behavior in your in your four categories?
1: Maybe the agenda people. Maybe okay. they would think Greer is part of some sort of agenda or something, but then why wouldn't he be presented on mainstream media um mm-hmm. and emphasized so why would like these Elizondo whistleblowers melon yeah like Elizondo and melon and in the mainstream like we're not getting we're just getting like i said before like it could be used for anything the mainstream is saying that they want to explain the phenomenon and start studying it Yeah, all right that's a lie in itself we've been they've been studying the phenomenon for 20 30 40 yeah, years right so time. they're setting people up the newcomers category 2 to receive an explanation from them. Right. Right. So, and that explanation just, it's hard to trust. So I, I empathize with the agenda people cause I don't trust governments either. Right. right. And as far as Greer, like, um, I personally don't judge people. Mm-hmm. I i don't judge like, I, not that I don't judge people, but I'm not going to judge Greer and what yeah. people say about him. And like, he's his own person. He's going to have his beliefs about the phenomenon, what he did and those military whistleblowers he brought forward was huge. Mm-hmm. And there were like mm-hmm. hundreds of them. And and even from other countries, and even if you go beyond what Greer did, there's a lot of corroborating stories and stuff. And all these whistleblowers, like colonels, generals, like... You're never going to hear anything about this in the mainstream. So, so, so you're only going to get information from the Pentagon and their specific view of the phenomenon, whatever it may be, to debunk the extraterrestrial hypothesis, to create some sort of yeah. false flag event. I don't know. Who knows? So what not not to it.
0: go off topic, but very much related to, to this discussion is a, is a bit of like a, a question around sense making, which is you might write, for example, in in an article. Um, I can't think off the top of my head, but it's this is what happens. You, you may have found a piece of research about somebody with connections. Like, for example, somebody that is now on the board at Facebook or had connections with DARPA in the past or had right. connection with the defense agency. So what's happening is is we're, we're judging their potential conflict of interest. We're judging that they might be working with Facebook under some sense of nefariousness that's passing back information to government. So as an investigative journalist, there's sometimes those connections. Mm-hmm. Now, how then do you take that in the realm of, you know, don't we need to ask? Well, well, Stephen Greer did meet with the Clintons and did debrief them, right, and, and Ilu Elizondo did work, you know, for the government in the past. So, how do you go about discerning mm-hmm. these different people's histories and discerning what to make of the information they're putting out now?
1: It's tough, and that's why I think I have an easier time from a whole, from a deep UFO researcher's perspective because I've looked at stuff from ancient times, from like in antiquity. 1500s all the way to present day i basically have looked at hundreds of whistleblowers thousands of experiencers um and when you do that you can kind of put things together like nothing lou elizondo from the government has said is not true like he's Mm -hmm. brought up the fact that these objects are tracked on radar this and that and same with greer's military um whistleblowers so it's not like they've said any lies now it's kind of where we get into Muddy Waters is the explanation of what the phenomenon is, right? Right. And Elizondo ridiculed Greer saying, oh, if you want to um, talk about consciousness and sit in the lotus position, this and that. Like he ridiculed that yeah. idea. And no, I don't yeah. like that. And, you know, it could be a very spiritual phenomenon. Well, uh, there's, you again, you look at um, contactees and then the experiences they've had there are thousands of corroborating stories yeah. there and these stories also corroborate with a bunch of military whistleblowers yeah. so that would be a benevolent and where there's care these beings care yeah. so that's the benevolent side then there's a malevolent side of cattle manipulations force abduction. so it's a it's there's a big
0: picture it's here a huge picture and i think you you have to make an honest effort to look at all the pieces and i think this mm-hmm. is where uh, you know if i were to say sometimes the agenda people maybe you know, I mean, I don't want to judge the religious folk uh, yeah. as as not having done their research, but I mean, maybe maybe as well. But like a book like this, for example, you know, The Science of Consciousness and Contact with Non-Human Intelligence, Volume 1. This was done by uh, Dr. Edgar Mitchell's Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial and Extraordinary Experiences. I mean, this is a, a massive, I mean, I'm just trying to... We're talking about like seven hundred pages. This was a, a study involving thousands and thousands of people who claim to be contact experience. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, whether Mostly it was with, so it was non human intelligence. So in some benevolent cases... benevolent experiences. Well, not necessarily. Cases. It was it was whatever experience you had. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. And they categorized. I mean, there's tables. There's this is a very very. If I think it is the most in depth uh, investigation into. I would say the question of of. You know Sort of human contact with non human mm. intelligence. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's called, right? Non human yeah, yeah, yeah. intelligence. And it's very in depth, involved thousands of people. And like, you know, it sheds an incredible amount of light. You hear people all the time, well, the phenomenon's demonic. Well, yeah. you know, you look Can at it and you say, well, hold on a second, because of the thousands of people, you know, you look at their experiences and some of the data, yeah. and it's like, well, 70% of people saw themselves as contactees not abductees so well, they didn't feel like they were abducted it's they were contacted deceiving.
1: it's deception
0: well well no but here's <laughs> here's how it was defined right mm-hmm. it it was defined as when they were asking the questions to the contact uh, to the to the contactees they were saying things like when you had your contact experience did you feel like you were being controlled did you feel like it was it was egalitarian were these right. beings meeting you like face to face in a friendly manner and they said 70 percent of them felt like it was contactee related not abductee yeah. because i was just there a part of it and i they were they were contacting me in a very benevolent manner yeah. um, and, then, and then go ahead 85 percent of them reported positive changes in in, in action so they suddenly started making complete changes in their lives that were very very positive meaning Mm -hmm. this experience had massive consciousness shifting effects on them that made their lives noticeably better that's Mm -hmm. 85 percent of people yeah
1: right the the majority of cases in the ufo field and the experiences in the corroboration i would say the majority of them even though there are malevolent stories out there and Mm -hmm. a percentage of that the majority of them are benevolent yeah. And non-threatening type of experiences.
0: Yeah. 66% said that they felt it was a positive experience. Right. Um, uh, 29% said it was neutral. Yeah. Only 5% said that it was a negative experience.
1: And we're not making a case for angelic it's, aliens. We're just looking at the data at the research, and, that's, and the right? research that's out there.
0: And, I, and I, the, why this research is important is because you have to ask a question in the context of, of this story. What do you do with this research? You can't just avoid it. Right. You can't just throw it out. Yeah. Cause I, cause I said, Richard, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all yeah. but yeah. yeah, 91% said that they would classify their exp- experience as not evil, not yeah. malevolent. 9% said that it was bad, malevolent
1: or evil. And then right? there's, and, and then there's int- intricacies within these experiences that go even deeper that yeah. like the newcomers wouldn't be aware about for, it's like, for example, if you saw an animal on the road who was struggling, yeah. and and you took it in to help help it heal, it's going to be terrified at first. Yeah. It's going to think you're trying to kill it. It may not even have a proper perspective of what you did for yeah. it. Yeah. If you freed it from a cage or whatever, right? it would want to bite you. It, it would be terrified. Right. So we may not understand certain things that have been done to people who have so-called neg- negative experiences. Yeah. And a lot of people who have had negative experiences, quote-unquote, later on, um, like Travis Walton, he was terrified. He He thought yeah. he was having... You know, later on, he realized, okay, what was being done to me? Maybe it wasn't that. But there's things he, we he just, changed his perspective yeah, a lot, yeah. and yeah. we just don't understand. So there's a lot of that in there as well, and um, yeah, and it's just like if you told this to a religious person, for example, they just there's no looking at the data and the research. Basically, it's just they'll refer to the Book of Enoch, Anunnaki, Nephilim, and I've been yeah. through all that as a yeah. deep UFO researcher, and just you know, it's interesting stuff, but. Um,
0: I think it's a, it it's, comes back to the question of, like, you know, again, you can have your belief system, right? It's mm-hmm. just you have your belief system, but then what do you do with all of these other pieces of research and information that come right. through that that deeply, deeply challenge that that belief system? Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I can understand, you know, the the general human psychological um, uh, incentive to not want to disrupt your belief system too right. much. But when we're talking about a subject that is is groundbreaking, I mean, it, it changes what it means to be human. It changes what it, what it, our relationship in the universe and the galaxy is. It changes potentially who we may be engaging with or interacting with, yeah. the nature of our reality. Like so many questions are challenged by the UFO phenomenon and what yeah. it has shown that it's like, I mean, this could potentially be, be groundbreakingly good for humanity. It mm-hmm. could be groundbreakingly bad, but the chances of that are so small when you look at the total
1: picture. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, ancient, it's a huge question. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder like, with all the mainstream disclosure that's happened and everything, we've said it'd be gr- groundbreaking for years, and it is. But there's so many other <laughs> yeah. things that have been groundbreaking that humanity just doesn't care about, really. Yeah. And are people like, the way the way we're controlled and the way we do things and the way we live right now? Are people really going to care? Government's going to give their explanation, and I understand the the um, agenda people because government deceives us so much. Yeah, but. Like they take real phenomenon and provide an explanation for that, like the chemical gas attacks yeah, in yeah. Syria, nine yeah, eleven, yeah. whatever. It doesn't mean that the phenomenon is not real and it's all deception. You know, there's there's nuances in there. So you know? let's
0: let's put it on the table a little bit because you know any piece of information that we engage with, for the most part, I mean, it doesn't have to be every. We don't have to take life so seriously. But the point is, is like when we're engaging with information, social media, news, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's meaningful if we know what to do, how to how to take action on what we just learned, how to use it in our life, how to make meaning with it. In this subject of, of UFO, if you were to lay out like why is this important? Why should people even care about mm-hmm. the discussion we're having right now around you know these four categories of people, this phenomenon. If you are hearing this message, just because you are a free subscriber to The Pulse, to become a paid subscriber, please join us on Substack, and you will get access to not only the full video, but the full audio experience here for The Pulse Weekly. If you happen to be an Explorer Lounge member, check out the Explorer Lounge for the full episode.